So we finally got some tax relief, or maybe not. It'll depend on your situation, but the purpose of today's episode is to discuss with you the recent tax act that was just put in place, signed by the president. Uh, it was uh, something that he had promised when he was elected, and without any doubt, the movement that the stock market had was based on anticipation of this tax cut. And as a result, you start to see shares of stock go up, largely because companies can keep more of their money. So they are, in essence, more valuable if they have to pay less in tax. So there was a big corporate tax cut that went with this, but there also were some noticeable reductions in taxes at the personal rate. So first thing I want you to know is I will be emailing out to all of our listeners a written summary of the Tax Act. So if you're one who likes details, they're coming. But I also wanted to go over with you some of the changes so that you can you may want to take notice to them as we go. Uh, first of all, the marginal rates, that we still have seven different brackets, but the rates have changed. So while there's still a 10% rate, the next lowest rate previously had been 15 and now it's 12. So if, you have, if you're married and you have taxable earnings between 19000 and roughly 77000 in the past, you paid 15% on that money. Now you're only going to pay 12. The 25% bracket's been replaced by the 22%, the 28 by the 24, 32 by the 33. The 35 remains the same. And then lastly, we have the 39.6 rate's been replaced by a 37% rate. So definitely some modifications there. Uh, where the biggest change for most people comes, I think, is going to be in the deductions. Previously, you know, you had an exemption and a deduction. So you could, uh, the standard deduction was 13000 if you were married. So if you didn't have much by way of itemized deductions, you were automatically given 13000 That has now been essentially doubled. So if you are, um, if you are married, it's $24,000. And uh, if you are um, over the age of 65, it goes up to $26,000. So if your itemization is usually, you know, 15, 16, 17,000, well, now you're going to get that replaced by a much larger one. Now, on the other hand, though, the personal exemption, which previously was 4150, has gone away entirely. So in the past, you could do both the personal exemption and the deduction. Now there's just the standard deduction. It may, for you, come out to be the same. It may be a little bit less. What I'm seeing is in some cases, people have more taxable income, but the tax rate that's applied to that is a little bit less. So that's the first thing. Now, as far as those of you who do itemize, the biggest change is going to be in what we call state and local taxes. Those are now only deductible up to $10,000 if you're married, $5,000 if you're single. So if you pay state income tax, which I think most of my listeners do, given where you're located. If you pay property taxes, because you own a home, in the past you could deduct all that. Now you can only deduct $10,000 of it. So if you wanted a motivation to move to a state that has lower taxes or an area has lower taxes, well, you have found it. If you live in the Northeast, for example, where you have both high property taxes and high income taxes, yeah, you're really going to feel this one because you're no longer going to be able to deduct it. Now, I would suggest to you your anger should not be at the federal government. Your anger should be at your state government for charging you that tax in the first place. But, hey, what do I know? 
couple of other changes. Tax preparation and the deduction of investment expenses will no longer be allowed. So if you deducted your investment advisory fee or your tax fee, those are no longer in play. So sorry about that. Now, keep in mind, if you had an IRA account, you shouldn't have been deducting those anyway. It's only non-IRA accounts that should have been deducted. But in any event, that's a new change. Uh, mortgage interest. In the past, you could deduct mortgage interest on a loan up to a million dollars. That's being reduced to 750000 Now, this is only on new mortgages. So if you have an old mortgage with an $800,000 balance, don't worry about it. You're fine. The other thing, too, is they're no longer going to allow the deductibility of home equity lines, or, or I should say the line of credit. So if you have a home equity line of credit, that interest will no longer be deductible. So in the past, I used to recommend clients would maybe get a home equity line of credit to go buy a car. Now there's probably no good reason for that because the interest is no longer tax deductible. Now, if the interest is lower, great. But if your car company is willing to give you something like a um, you know, five-year, five-year same as cash, no interest loan, like I just recently got for my wife's car, you should take that because, in my opinion, that's going to be a much better deal for you. Let's see. Uh, Section 529 plans. These are the plans that we set up for kids' college. The idea here is you put after-tax money in. And, uh, well, you might get some deduction at the state level, but all the growth comes tax-free. Well, now they're going to allow distributions of up to $10,000 per year per student to be used for private schools. So if your child has a lot sitting in their 529 and you want to use it to pay for a private school, not a problem. You can do that going forward. Let's see. I'm just going through some of the other ones that are not overly technical. Those are some of the major changes that are in place. Now, I will tell you from a planning standpoint, unless you own a business, I really don't see a whole lot that this does. I think at the end of the day, the differences are going to be relatively small. Though those of you who may own a business, you, you should notice an improvement, particularly if you file as an LLC slash subchapter S corp, a pass-through entity. I redid the, the numbers for mine, and there was a noticeable improvement. So that was the idea behind this bill, was certainly to give some relief to the individual filer, but it was really designed to give relief to businesses with the hope that that would stimulate growth, stimulate economic expansion, increase jobs, those types of things. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Historically, it works every time it's been tried. Um, JFK lowered taxes and the economy boomed. Ronald Reagan did the same thing. The economy boomed. Uh, the key, of course, is for the politicians to watch their spending because they usually forget to, to throw that part of it into the equation. You might have seen in the news, no sooner did they initiate this tax act and companies were giving bonuses to their employees because they knew they were going to start to receive some noticeable savings. Uh, hopefully, we'll start to see some of the money that corporations um, have been keeping overseas and have that come back into the company because it'll be taxed at a lower rate than if they kept it overseas. So a lot of possibilities there as far as that goes. You can always try to forecast how the stock market will react to these things. Usually it's favorable, but keep in mind the stock market reacts to a lot of things. So just because you have a tax cut doesn't necessarily mean everything else will be good. Uh, there's so many other factors, but Overall, I view this change as a real positive. I'm not trying to be political in any way. I just think every time you can keep more of your money 
that's a good thing. It certainly makes our job a little bit more easier in helping you to plan. So with the email that uh, we are sending out with this particular podcast, you will be able to download a copy of a written overview of this that, that we, we actually pilfered from our friends at uh, Price Waterhouse Cooper. So they did a very nice job. So we're going to share it with you and uh, make it available. So if you should have any questions as it relates to this tax act and how it affects you, please do not hesitate to contact me. 513-563-PLAN is the number. Again, that's 513-563-7526. I'm Dan Capril, and thank you for listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.